0: Today on the Bill Kelly show on 900 CHML. To begin the day today, the union that represents about 5,000 hospital workers here in Hamilton is warning that bigger provincial cuts are coming to area hospitals. Just you wait, says CUPE. Hamilton Health Sciences and St. Joe's Healthcare are being told to trim their budgets by $42 million this fiscal year. HHS has been told to cut 30 million from its $1.3 million budget. St. Joseph's has to trim $12 million from its $550 million budget. And since 2011, HHS has had to cut its budget by $200 million. St. Joe's has swung the axe to the tune of $94 million. Joining us now on the program is Michael Hurley, the president of CUPE's Ontario Council of Hospital Unions, and he joins us now. Good morning, Michael. Oh, good morning. Thanks for joining us Thank today. I, I know you guys are doing a news conference at 10 o'clock this morning uh, outside the HHS administrative offices on King Street West, so we appreciate uh, the time this morning. We'll begin with this. We know that budget cuts ultimately mean layoffs, plain and simple. So when the government talks about finding efficiencies, which this government did during the election campaign last year, and they have been talking about that, tightening the budget, uh, through their first mandate, they ultimately mean job cuts. So how many cuts are we looking at here in Hamilton?
1: Well, uh, to meet the budget targets the Conservatives have set out in a five-year timeline, uh, it it's pretty clear that Hamilton hospitals will have to cut about 76 beds and 600 staff. Uh, but when you factor in the impact of um, growth and aging, the... Um, That has felt like an impact of closing about um, uh, 250 beds and uh, getting rid of about 2,000 hospital staff.
0: I.e., this is an issue that's not going away anytime soon.
1: No, uh, the uh, cuts the conservatives have outlined in their provincial budget uh, build on one another so that we start off with 42 million for Hamilton hospitals being cut in this fiscal year but by uh, 2023 we're looking at 255 million so each year the the cuts compound and they get worse yeah
0: and all the while i mean we're not getting any younger our society is getting older we're going to have more people relying on the hospital system
1: well that's the problem isn't it i mean the uh, the population over 65 is going to double over 75 triple over 90 uh, will quadruple and the population is going to grow by thirty percent, and that's going to happen for Hamilton Niagara hospitals at the same time as there's this uh, relatively uh, significant, like a fifteen percent budget cut in real terms by twenty twenty three. So you've got uh, falling hospital capacity to accept new patients, and you've got a tidal wave of aging baby boomers, essentially, who are needing care and often coming to hospitals for the very first time for uh, for serious. Uh, treatment and they're and they're going to increasingly find uh, long delays in the ERs and for admission and uh, difficulty staying in hospital and uh, not getting in at all. I mean, this is this is uh, going to be increasingly a problem. Uh,
0: The province has promised to end so-called hallway health care by expanding home care and long care. Uh, Is that just uh, canceling one uh, for the sake of the other?
1: Well, I mean, uh, in fairness, home care budgets have gone up by about 5% in this budget. Uh, long-term care budgets are only up by 1%, so that's also a real cut. We're predicting long-term care facilities operating budgets will be reduced by about 10% over the um, over the period to 2023. So, uh, you know, uh, just to give you an, an idea... We've added another 1,000 people to long-term care waiting lists uh, in the last uh, six months or so. So the number of people waiting for admission is going up. And, I mean, the core problem really is that Ontario underspends every other province. And for hospitals, it underspends every jurisdiction with a developed economy in the world. And we have cut beds and capacity. And we don't have enough currently to meet uh, the demands that are coming at us.
0: So we're spending the most. Are we spending that money wisely? Are we doing the right things?
1: No, I'm sorry. We're spending the least. We spend about $650 less per person in Ontario for hospital care than they would in uh, in the average of the other provinces. So we spend a huge amount less. We've got probably the most efficient system in the country, the shortest lengths of stays, fewest staff working in the system, and fewest beds. But the problem is, as you can see from the hallway medicine Uh, crisis we don't have enough beds right there's at any one time over a thousand people waiting for uh, for a proper bed in ontario hospital hallways and that's a problem that will only get worse and so you know for the period of uh the next 20 years or so we need to be open-minded about stepping up our investments in hospitals and long-term care to meet the demographic demand that's really the the core problem we have i think
0: we're chatting with Michael Hurley. He's the president of CUPE's Ontario Council of Hospitals Union here on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in for Bill uh, today. Um, the uh, union is going to be holding a news conference at 10 this morning just outside the HHS administrative offices on King Street West to uh, release projected Hamilton Hospital's provincial funding shortfalls based on uh, fiscal plans of the Conservative government uh, to 2023. What should the government be doing? Can they, can they affect fund hospitals and long-term or home care facilities at the same time? Is there enough money to go around?
1: Well, I mean, the, pro- the practical problem the Ontario government has is that, uh, you know, it's been committed since the McGuinty government to uh, having the lowest level of corporate taxation of any province in, in Canada or any state in the United States. So we're, we're the very lowest at the bottom of 60 jurisdictions uh, on the continent. And Uh, you know, uh, we have to, we have to revise that up, unfortunately. Um, and the, and the, uh, you know there's really no other alternative because we don't have enough spending going on in the short term and i'd emphasize that the investments that are required to meet the uh the challenges that are coming as the baby boom generation ages those those investments are not required as the, as the baby boom generation starts to recede then you can withdraw those investments. The question is like you know in a in the uh, 1950s and 60s when we were faced with a population boom, we, we, uh, we didn't uh, meet it by, uh, you know, uh, by not building schools, we built schools, we built universities, we accepted the demand, we've met it head-on, and we met our social obligations. Now, as that generation ages, we're not prepared to meet its obli- our obligations to to their health care needs, and that's simply not right. It's
0: interesting, as the population ages, we know that they're going to rely more on the health care system as they get older, um, but budgets seem to be going the other way. Shouldn't it be the reverse, knowing that we're going to have a bunch of, not only baby boomers, but you know the following generations accessing health care and some of that will be hospital related i can't recall the last time a hospital budget went up
1: uh in real terms uh, uh hospital budgets uh, you know um uh, have uh, been kept under their real costs for some time and you see the impact you know they're they and it's not sustainable and i don't think it's morally sustainable either i mean what What the uh, life experience of somebody who's very seriously ill is in a, you know, in hallways that they're, they're relegated to, you know, this plank really that's on wheels that they, that they lie on. They have no, no privacy. They might have a privacy screen, but they're under bright neon lights. They have no ability to have a conversation with a chaplain or, a, or a doctor or a nurse or a family member about what might be, you know, uh, very serious illnesses or even their final their final moments. They have no access to a to a washroom. You know, like that's not a, uh, you know, that's not a dignified way for people to be treated in a very wealthy province, and it simply reflects our unwillingness. Uh, you know, to meet the costs of providing care to an aging and growing population. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the same. It's true in long-term care. The, the long-term care facilities in Hamilton have been effectively transformed into what used to be, or, uh, you know, organizations like St. Peter's, complex continuing care, chronic care hospitals. They've had no, uh, addition of, of staff. And, and so, uh, you know, there, there, there is, um, you know, um, an inability of the staff to meet the, uh, the complex needs of those of those residents and to and to provide them with the kind of care that they need to, and that's not right either.
0: Should mention too that. I mean, just increasing budgets isn't the only answer. Throwing money at, a, at an issue or a problem isn't going to solve it. You need to have a solid plan in place as well.
1: No, absolutely, but you know bear in mind, Ontario has restructured. you know uh, Hamilton area hospitals and Niagara hospitals have gone through uh, intensive restructuring and it's still ongoing. Um, you know there's been a reorganization of home care um, you know there's being there's a reorganization of of ambulance services and public health services underway uh, you know there's uh, there's a uh, you know uh, been a tremendous effort put on uh, trying to operate a lean system and uh, it should be obvious to anyone I think now that the system is simply incapable of delivering quality care to uh to the population that needs its needs it from it um with the current level of resources I, I i don't know that there's any other way um you know you're already operating a system that has the fewest staff and the fewest beds like there isn't a more efficient system uh you know so at a certain point you have to ask yourself whether um you know it might need an investment. To add capacity to meet demand, I think that's really where we're at.
0: We only have about a minute uh, for this next answer. But when we talk about budget cuts and job cuts, where are these people going? Where, where are they off to next? Are, are they becoming PSWs? Are they going to another city out of province?
1: Well, I mean the hospital, uh, the hospital contracts, the hospital collective agreements are 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 pretty, uh, you know, are pretty. Um, uh, uh, good and typically, um, you know, uh, unless there is a, uh, a large layoff and we'll start to see that like a large cut and we'll start to see that happen. Um, as we go out a couple of years, uh, people can be, uh, redeployed into vacancies or they can be enticed to, to retire, but we'll, we'll soon reach a point where there will be, uh, where there will be, um, uh, you know, people, people laid off and, um, you know, uh, as to as to what they will, as to what they will do, I you know I can only speculate about that.
0: Michael, appreciate the time today.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me,
0: Michael Hurley, president of QP's Ontario Council of Hospital Unions. Again, Hamilton Health Sciences and St. Joseph's Healthcare being told to trim their budgets by forty-two million dollars this fiscal year. HHS by thirty million, St. Joe's by twelve million. And uh, in a statement, QP President Dave Murphy says, quote, what's coming will be much bigger because the impact of the cuts will be compounded, referring to our aging population and the care that they are going to need in the next few years. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.